Welcome to Your Move Creep and my name is Larry. This is a podcast that celebrates action cinema from 1980 to the year 2000, from the east to the west, from the worst to the best. On this episode I sit down with Sam Inglis from the Fearless Pretender podcast and we discuss Eastern Condors from 1987. We find out a little bit about Sam's love for dubbed martial arts movies and we take a trip to the trivia zone. So without further ado, let's get into it Creeps. Hi Sam, welcome to the show, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm very good. It's quite sunny here in Glasgow, so I'm quite happy. It's actually really warm in my, my office just now, so I'm quite quite happy, but also sweating. So <laughs> it's a lovely day, lovely day to be inside making a podcast, but it's awesome anyway. Um, so we're just going to start a little bit about yourself. So can you tell me a little bit about your kind of first experiences with action movies, but when you're growing up, when you're a child and teenager, etc.? Yeah, so I guess the first movie I really loved is still my favorite action movie. Um, when I was like eight years old, I went to the cinema to see Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade on a trip with my Cub Scout troop, in fact. <laughs> um, I remember hiding uh, when the guy gets like desiccated at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but otherwise having an absolute <clears throat> blast. Uh, and that is a movie that I still put on whenever I'm like, depressed about the state of movies <laughs> <laughs> and need to sort of find the joy of it again. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade goes on. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I grew up in the late 80s and the 90s. You know, I was a teenager when things like The Rock and Face Off dropped um, and uh, Michael Bay's only good film. Um <laughs> controversy from the start um i only got into martial arts movies in like my 20s because my earlier memory of it is a friend of mine bringing over an english dubbed version of uh, the prodigal son obviously same director as we're talking about today mm-hmm. um and my abiding memory of it other than just hating watching it because of that dub was the extremely camp voice that they gave uh, Lam Ching Ying's character and the line, these damn finger rings are really hurting me uh, during that amazing, amazing fight scene with Frankie Chan. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so it's kind of, it, as we all think we've all kind of grown up with this sort of, the poor, the poor English dubs. I mean, I, I, I talked about with um, Ben Jones on our Iron Angels episode about watch a monkey in the water margin and that sort of being my sort of sort of first forays into kung fu movies and kung fu tv shows and obviously into the dragon as well and which is and thankfully not not a bad not a dubbed film but it's got very Mm. much uh, um 
very much a more of an American film. But yeah, we, you, we're kind of used to it. But now, yeah, I'm, I'm like you said, I don't really like to watch uh, Hong Kong movies or you know any any type of foreign movies with with dubbing. It has to be subtitles. I'm very kind of anally retentive about that stuff now. So I'm definitely kind of feeling you on that. It's it's different when you're younger. You kind of find some sort of um, fun in it, but no, not anymore. It's a bit kind of a bit daft. Of course, the <laughs> era that we're talking about everything's dubbed yeah um, you know and we'll talk touch on that i think as well um but you know it's just different i think when the dub is in the language that it's meant to be in you know it's the same yeah. for the italian zombie films of of the same era yeah uh, they were all shot without sync sound and i much prefer watching the italian dub generally speaking yeah uh, you know, it it just matches better, um, but for me anyway. Yeah, I definitely do like the the kind of the sort of you know spoke about the kind of campiness of like the Fulcher movies, the sort of you know horrendous stuff for children and stuff like that. <laughs> I quite like I quite there's some sort of kind of little charm to that sometimes, but it's kind of nice to watch you know sort of your gentle movies and kind of Italian sort of the way they're they're meant to be seen. So yes, I can definitely kind of. Um, we're definitely in the same wavelength as far as that's concerned. So, when it kind of comes to action, do you, you know, if you kind of touched on Indiana Jones, is that something you, is that someone or kind of an icon that you think sort of encompasses action, or is there somebody maybe else that you would maybe think of? I mean, look, totally. Harrison Ford is one mm. of the first people who comes to mind because of Last Crusade, and actually, maybe like pure action wise maybe even more so in temple of doom mm, like mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. he is so like action hero oriented in that movie yeah patchy as it is um <laughs> but you know last crusade is, is a perfect movie yeah. um but if we're talking about the the kind of movies that we're talking about today um you know obviously there's jackie um yeah. you know and i i will be probably doing another show fairly soon where I, I talk a lot more about Jackie. Um, but I, I think Samo, uh, Samo Hung is underestimated, uh, and we'll talk more about that as a director, as an actor, you know, in, in all, all sorts of ways, um, and sort of overshadowed by his, his little brother, as it were. Um, but because this movie is a bit of a sausage fest, um, I, I think it's you know really worthwhile pointing out some uh, female icons who who are, are really great. I mean, obviously there's Michelle Yeoh, but you can go right back to uh, the great Cheng Cheng Pei Pei in um, uh, Come Drink with Me and Golden Swallow and all, all of those great movies. Um, and then uh, I've been rewatching. Uh, for reviews lately, the in the line of duty films, and mm. I, I need to discover more Cynthia Khan beyond beyond those. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's great. Um, and you know, so many great people. I mean, Maggie Cheung was never uh, a massive action person in terms of doing her own uh, action work, but you know, always a great presence in the movies mm. that, that she was in. Absolutely. Um, but. People I've been discovering lately, I, I've been getting more into Shaw Brothers of late, which mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. been a yes, definitely. Yeah, you know, I've been more of a Golden Harvest person. Just oh yeah, definitely. I've definitely because that's what's come out here. Uh, but with Arrow's 
Shaw Brothers releases, uh, I'm really discovering Chang uh, Che and Lau Garlang as uh, directors, you know, making really great films right up to the, the dying days of the studio. And I just saw Johnny Toe's uh, Barefooted Kid, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so, you know, it's just an embarrassment of riches, really, this whole period that you're talking about uh, for Hong Kong martial arts movies in particular. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of the sort of the, the golden harvest age, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of golden age of, of action. You know, both east and west is what I'm trying to kind of cover. So, yeah, we've kind of it's been very much a, a learning process for me because I obviously as a westerner, I've not really I've maybe dipped my foot in the pool of Hong Kong movies, but not as much as I've kind of now got this sort of massive list of films I'm going to be working on for this this podcast. Um, getting to see some new stuff that I've not seen before and kind of getting to find out new actors and again like we spoke about kind of females there a moment ago but finding more about the kind of Girls of Guns movies you know not just Michelle Yeoh but Moon Lee and Cynthia Khan um, Cynthia Rothrock as well I mean getting to find a bit more about her side of not just American films you know kind of like Jane O'Brien but more kind of her films you know like um, like Yes Madam so it's it's interesting and I, I think that um, like you said yourself, it's an embarrassment of riches, and you know you're you're there's a lot to kind of find there. I think so. It's really awesome. Um, but so you know that leads us perfectly on to the pick for this episode. So uh, your pick for this week is Eastern Condors. Can you tell me a little bit why you picked that, picked Eastern Condors? Yeah, this one was a little self, a bit of a selfish pick. I just I just love it. I just think it's a great great movie. You know. Um, I think, you know, we, we talk um, in action cinema a lot about Jackie Chan. And as I mm. said, I think we we talk much less, generally speaking, about Sammo Hung and uh, some of the other uh, people that Jackie grew up working with and was working in the same scene and the same time as. Um, and I think this is one of, if not Sammo's very best film. Um it's also a bit of a different take on the martial arts movie. There's mm-hmm. there's some different things uh, going on in it, uh, style-wise and action style-wise. Um, but yeah, it was just really an excuse to talk about a movie that I love and have wanted to talk about for a while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much a, 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 it's my first time watching it um, in, in, in kind of preparation for the podcast. And yeah, it's, it's a very different feeling movie. Um, kind of very, very much in a kind of American feeling movie. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely get into that. So I see Ethan Condors. It's from 1987, directed by Sam Hong. Obviously stars Sam Hong as well. Uh, written by Barry Wong. Um, he was also famous for writing Hard Boiled and She Shoots Straight with Joy Cadenzi as well. Um, so a little bit about the movie. So it's 10 kind of Chinese-American convicts, uh, including Sam Hong were recruited to and offered a cash reward to go deep into Vietnam to destroy a cache of top secret munitions left over by the American government before they fall into the hands of the Viet Cong. Um, so what did you make of Eastern Condors this time? Was this a rewatch for you or was this the first time you'd seen it? Um, Letterbox tells me that since I've been recording my stuff on there, this is my sixth viewing. Well, um, and I guess it probably, you know, we can count that double because I, I rewatched it with the commentary as well, but I didn't put that on Letterboxd. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is at least like the 
eighth or ninth time I've seen oh. it, probably. Um, and yeah, I I love this movie. I I can just this can be weirdly uh, like a comfort movie. I could just put this on pretty much any time and just have a blast. Um, and you know, we'll we'll go into some details, but that that didn't change. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's it's a fairly enjoyable movie. It's it's maybe not as extremely kung fu orientated, but in more martial arts country, but until there's all of the the latter part parts of the movie, um, is kind of very much like so we, as you kind of maybe have kind of gleaned from the, yeah, it's obviously talking to listeners here, um, you know, gleaned from the sort of synopsis I gave you there, it is very much reminiscent of the Dirty Dozen. I think we kind of talked between our our notes on when we had both watched it. Um, it's kind of very it leans very very heavily into kind of Dirty Dozen, the sort of noise to Ramble one and two, um, a little bit of Platoon there a little bit, maybe a little bit kind of Canon films as well, kind of films like Delta Force, you know, maybe a little bit of American Ninja thrown in a little bit for a. <laughs> a yeah, bit I, I haven't seen Delta Force. Force. I I think I've seen American Ninja a while yeah. back. Um, but yeah, I I did my first viewing of uh, the Dirty Dozen in research for for this show and um that's kind of a mixed bag for me i like there's a lot going on in that movie there's mm. a lot of decent character development and uh, a lot of good acting like um you know it's a really strong cast um and and it's a fun movie but it, two and a half hours is too damn long yeah uh, <laughs> and i i feel like they could have done a lot of the character development that they they do in the rest of the movie while the mission was unfolding uh but the mission actually only begins in the last 45 minutes you know once once it gets to the meat of the thing i had a blast but yes yeah it maybe takes a little bit too long to get to the the mission but it's obviously this this eastern condor is kind of it's kind of quick to get to the action it's kind of quite paced a lot better um so in some ways I mean, obviously, Dirty Dozen is obviously a classic with amazing kind of character actors of that of that era. But this movie maybe wins out a little bit in terms of enjoyment for me. I mean, I, I much like I said, I'd only recently seen Dirty Dozen, I think, last year, and it's it's a, it's a classic and it's amazing. But there's a lot of fluff before you get to there's a lot of moving 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 towards towards the mission, but not actually getting to the mission. And so it's at the end, and then when it ends, it's bombastic and it's amazing and it's visual and it's kind of very violent and bloody. But it takes a bit too long to get there. Whereas this, this <laughs> front off, it's very, very kind of uh, straight to the point, which I which I really liked. Um, much like Dirty Dozen as well, it does have sort of a who's who of kind of Chinese cinema. You've got Yun Biao, you've got Samo, of course, Charlie Chin, um, from the Lucky Stars trilogy of movies. Ching Yang Lam, you got Dick Wai, who I love every time I see him. I think he's, a, he's the most mean looking guy, mean looking guy in the world. Uh, Yun Wah, obviously from Dragons Forever. Uh, Wing Yu Ping, Wu Ping Yang Yun, sorry, should I say, uh, who obviously directed, directed um, Duncan Master, directed Tiger Cage, which is a, one of my favourites that I've recently got to watch. So, yes, it's, it does kind of echo that. And I think that maybe, do you think that was maybe a, a very deliberate thing for Samo to have like get all this sort of these guys back in, these sort of friends that he's had from other movies and make well, I mean, sort of the, the Chinese dirty dozen. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to some degree, he's using his stock company, you know, because mm. you've got Yun Biao and Yun Hua and uh, Lam Ching Ying. Um, Yun Biao, obviously, and Lam Ching Ying, the stars of uh, The Prodigal Son. Uh, Yun Biao, kind of his prodigy in a lot of ways, his little brother at, uh, in The Seven Little Fortunes, along with Jackie and um, Yun Hua and uh, several several other people who uh, worked in the industry for a long time, including uh, one that you, you didn't mention, um, Corey Yun Kuei. Hmm. Yes. Um, who's in this and is also well-known as a choreographer like for the X-Men films and a, a director as well. Um, you know, so the, it's it's just a who's who. It's a, it's a murderer's row of talent, really. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and, yeah, that's definitely the idea. You know, you, I mean, there's this film wasn't a financial success, I understand, but... You know, I can't imagine that that wasn't also in his head, like stack it with like really well-known people that I work well with um, yeah. and, you know, maybe get some box office out of it. Um, there's one person missing, but we'll get into that another time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Take, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, it's sort of, we've kind of touched on a little bit um, earlier, was it, it's quite a different style for Samuel, would you say, in terms of, the kind of previous body of work, it's, you know, either been a little bit more comedic or a lot more martial arts heavy, a bit more traditional kind of kung fu heavy. This is a bit more of a street kind of action movie. Um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the difference. Here he's making a modern era action movie, whereas a lot of his previous films are um, about uh, classical forms of kung fu. Mm. Um he and Yun Wu Ping uh, made a film called Magnificent Butcher, which is about the Hungar style. Um, and of course, he made the incredible um, pair of films about Wing Chun, um, the aforementioned Prodigal Son and the earlier Warriors 2, uh, which is an amazing movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he those movies are funny, yes, but uh, Kung Fu-wise, they're... To my understanding, I'm not a practitioner. Um, very respectful of the styles and very interested in showing them in a way that is for the screen, but also, you know, depicts them somewhat accurately and, um, you know, uh, respects the, the legends around them. This isn't that movie. This is in- inventing <laughs> um, a lot of its uh, martial arts style. Um, particularly with Yun Um and it's much more gun action heavy. Um, yes. Yeah. And so, and, and it's it's also kind of quite interesting for Sam to play very straight, um, especially as, as, as someone who know who is kind of used to Sam being a bit more comedic and a bit more. Well, I'm not going to say the, the fall guy, but more the sort of like the. The very well technically skilled kind of idiot, I suppose, in a sense, and it's a bit more like a the kind of um, the kind of big brother or the kind of cousin or the kind of silly, um, you know, I kind of film, I think you know, kind of think of films that he's maybe played a bit more kind of the the, the fat boy, but he isn't. And this movie is very much straight laced. He's very much like sort of Steve McQueen of the movie in a sense. Um, 
you know, there's no really kind of comedic moments for him. Not not really a lot of comedic moments in the whole kind of film. Um, maybe a little bit with Charlie Chin and he sort of has got a flirting, but um, it's a lot of different for, for Samuel. And I think arguably also it kind of shows these put a lot of um, love and the kind of like seriousness into the movie because he's in sort of the best shape of his life, would you say, in, the, in this movie? Yeah, I mean, it's clear that this movie really mattered to him. Uh, not that his others didn't, you know, mm, of course, and, of course. and don't. Um, but it's clear that he wanted to do something different here, that he wanted to do something more serious. This is a film about, I mean, technically the aftermath of Vietnam. It's set mm. after the war is over and they are, you know, going in to retrieve weapons um, aided by uh, some Cambodian guerrillas who we'll talk about um, in, a, in a bit, I'm sure. Um but yeah, it, it's clear that this was something that he was taking very seriously and um, wanted to do a different style of action than he was known mm. for, uh, which is why he he slimmed down. Apparently, he ate only chicken and rice uh, yeah. for months mm -hmm. uh, to get in shape. And you know, we we think of Sam as the big, uh, you know, sort of, the, sort of the Michelin Man of kung fu movies. Yeah. Um, but here he's just built like a brick shit house that is faster yes. than you, <laughs> and very acrobatic as well. That's a, a kind of big thing that when he's gonna get out, get out the the view of the Viet Cong, he's not you know jumping down. He's like he's like doing backflips and landing on his stomach perfectly. Yeah. He's like he's like jumping off of trees. He's climbing up the trees with his feet. He's uh, jumping down from trees. Yeah, I think a couple of those jumps are doubled. But yeah, it's it's very like it's it's his character isn't you know isn't you know uh, kind of um, the, the kind of fact, the kind of selling point of Samo is that even though he's kind of this bigger guy, sort of you know he's still very athletic and can still do these flips and kicks and his kung fu skills, but you don't kind of expect it. I think that's but this in this mm -hmm. movie is more he's a lot more slimmed down. You can't I've been researching the the, the the podcast. He also wanted to do this, he wanted to do a bit more acrobatics, a bit more pushing myself a little bit more. So I think that kind of really shows in in the movie and from especially from his kind of style, I think it definitely shows a lot more um focus, a little bit more of a dedication to like right Yeah. I'm known I, as I this white person I'm doing because, you know, Samo has always been a, a, a very dedicated filmmaker oh, yeah. and actor and stuntman uh, in, in all of those respects, whatever size he's been. Um, but, yeah, I, I, in a way, you know, you don't want to shame anyone for their body or anything like that. Of course, like of course, that, absolutely. We don't do that here. Fucking Samo Hung. Um, <laughs> but in a way, it's a bit of a shame that he didn't keep in this kind of shape just because... He is such a movie star in this movie. You oh, know? yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's he, that, that's the case. He looks great. Um, uh, the the scar's really working for him in this. He's got a, a genuine scar on yeah, his Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that, you know, fans will know the backstory of. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he just looks really good. He, he, I think the Steve McQueen... Um, comparison is is actually pretty apt um and he's really charismatic really serious um and 
I, I like the, the sort of stoicism of his performance here. There's a, a really good scene when they're burying one of the com, uh, compatriots where he has to, to cry but still remain stoical. Mm, and mm, mm. I, I think, you know, it's genuinely a good acting performance as, as much as anything um, in a way that when he was larger, he wouldn't ask of himself and really neither would, would many other directors. Yeah, yeah. It does give him. It does give him a kind of chance to kind of flex his act, acting, and I'm sure that I'm sure that he has done amazing acting roles where he's been a bit more serious in other films. But this film, it does stick out as a more of a kind of. He's definitely adapted to the style of the movie and be like, right, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to play a different person, so I need to embody this. So it's there's sort of a coolness. There's a kind of like maybe a little bit of a coldness to him a lot in a sense because hmm. when obviously when there's you know. Kind of people start dying. He's, you know, very. He's upset, but he needs to be like, under. He has to understand that the mission must go on, and they've got. They've all got to kind of band together to go to the next sort of stage. So it is very a, a very interesting performance, and um, I think is it sort of speaks to his him as an actor that he can sort of go into these sort of roles and become less goofy, I suppose, and less you know comedic can can really. Um, bring out sort of the, the the beats of a of a of a great actor, not just you know a great actor in that style, but can come into some sort of a, a different sort of sphere and kind of adapt, which I think is really interesting. Now, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the sort of females in this in this uh, film because they are equally as badass as the guys in this film. Um, obviously, the the most prominent one is of uh, Joyce Cadenzi. Um. Which obviously went Samo and met this met and you know, married in the future from this movie. Um, what did you make of her? And I guess this is kind of her first action role. So, how do you think she fared in this movie? I love Joyce Cadenzi in this movie, and I just wish that we'd seen more of her mm. um, after after this movie. You know, um, she she didn't work for a whole lot of time, and. Mm. That's something that I, you know, I don't know if it's changing now, um, if attitudes have modernized, but uh, a lot of Hong Kong actresses of this era had quite short careers because they mostly retired when they got married. Um, and, and it's just a, a real pity. We lost a lot of really interesting screen presences b before their time, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but to get back to, to Joyce Gadenzi, um, she's great. She, um, like, I like her performance very much. Um, interestingly, she's the only person doing her own voice in the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because as, as we were discussing, it, it is a dub. Um, and I think that gives something extra to it. Um, she got all her training from Dick Y, and he clearly did a really good job. Oh, you yes. know, you can see <laughs> that Yun Biao is doubling some of the flips. Um, but you know, a lot of the time she's doing her own action. She's full frame. You can mm. see her face and uh, her her full body in 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 the sequence. Mm -hmm. I mean, this this flying kick that introduces her basically. Yes, pretty much the first <laughs> thing that you see, and immediately like you're like, yes, I want to see more of this. Um, that is is really the first martial arts in the film, and the the only martial arts that we get for a while, and it's great and you're immediately tuned in to uh Gidenzi and uh the the other uh cambodian gorillas um 
they've all got great faces as well. You know, they're just really expressive, interesting mm. yes, faces, definitely. all three of them. Uh, Gedenzi, Choi Manyan, and Ha Chi Chun. Uh, excuse any pronunciations. Of course, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, it's fine. But yeah, they, they, they sort of come into this movie very bombastically. Um, they have this amazing scene where sort of, kind of I think it's Viet Cong, um, mm. or, you know, these kind of these soldiers, and they just completely fucked them up. <laughs> I think at one point Joyce Cadenzi actually stabs a guy, puts him on his back, his legs, like over his head, and sort of stabs him in the bum. Which yeah. I think, which I think is like just something I've like I've like literally winced. I was like, oh well, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a, quite a few moments where you go, oh okay, well that's 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 really went there. So, but yeah, they've definitely like, straight from the back. The minute these kind of, kind of female gorillas come into it is they are. Going total to the extremely bad, George Cadenzi especially, as well. I was kind of upset a little bit because I've sort of, well, kind of spoiler alert for this later on in the movie that when one of the girls kind of turns to be um, fight, like working with the Viet Cong, I thought that we should maybe have this big sort of fight at the end with George Cadenzi, and I thought it would be like in this big sort of battle would be kind of cool to see. But she gets <laughs> she gets put, uh, get off quite quickly and quite brutally. Um, I actually like really, really like, like that moment, though, yeah, because um, Godenzi's got her her gun drawn on her at yeah. that point, and you expect it to be uh, that scene to go one way and it goes another, yes. and uh, it's just a really striking image. I think it's one of the better images in the film. Yes. Like Samo directs the hell out of this. Um, like it's a really well shot film. The cinematography is great. It looks fantastic on, on the Blu-ray. Um, you know, in a way that it just didn't um, when I first saw it on the mm. Hong Kong Legends DVD. I mean, for the time, it looked amazing. Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but it's, it's, I think we're kind of quite lucky to get to see these. I've said it all the time, we get to see these these remasters and these Blu-ray editions, and I think it's 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 so such a boon for me as 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 someone that's getting getting more into action, like Hong Kong action movies and foreign films and action movies of, of also is kind of to have mm. things like Arrow and things like 88 Films and Eureka and Vinegar Syndrome to release these movies and get, I get to see them in such great, amazing definition. So it's, when you get to see a film like this, it's, it's pretty amazing. I think and more it, it than that, like, though, um, it does really bring home to you how well made these films always mm, were. Yeah, of course, yeah, definitely, yeah. Like movies like this or like, um, as we were talking about earlier, Lucio Fulci's, were I think before these Blu-ray editions regarded as far fairly low rent and not particularly mm. well made or well directed. Yeah, and these editions really give the lie to that. They they show us the the full frame properly, mm-hmm. um, and they show us just you know how actually thoughtfully directed a lot of these films really were mm-hmm. and always were. You know, not all. But yeah, I'm sure that there are. I'm sure there are some stinkers, are not, but not as well made. But yeah, it's it's good to see these films and and give them their sort of due and give them the sort of platform they need. And just like you said yourself, I'm, I I do love uh, Fulci films. I love you know the um, Ricardo Diodato films. I love mm. all those kind of like very cheesy Italian kind of campy or gentle movies. I love them all. I love I love a kind of schlocky horror. But it's like things we have to kind of thank people like Arrow, like for making 
these films a bit more widely widely noticed and giving them such a amazing sort of remaster and like making them look like well no these they may be a bit schlocky and a bit daft but they've got amazing effects and very graphic things that they, they deserve to be seen and getting to see these films and getting to see the Jackie films or the kind of police story releases and all the 88 films that are bringing out with Gangs Forever but it's kind of great to see these these films in better quality then because I'm I'm so used to being an 80s kid watching these in VHS when I first saw Zoo Warriors or I first saw Police Story it was on like a really it was on tape from the telly VHS so it's kind of cool to get to see these these films and you know kind of cinema quality I suppose yeah I guess I was lucky in waiting in that respect because mm. the first time I saw all of these was on DVD so you know at least they were widescreen and yeah uh, and you know subtitled and things like that mm. so I, mm-hmm. I got to appreciate that a bit more from the yeah. beginning um but while we're talking about the direction and, and the staging and things like that um can I mention what's probably my favorite scene maybe the finale uh, mm-hmm. in, in the movie, which is the action scene on the water where all of the, the condors, as uh, as we can call them, mm-hmm. uh, are holed up at this bamboo hut. Yes. It's such a great sequence. It, um, yeah, it's got this really swift, brutal action, and I love the way Samo starts it uh, very casually by having this patrolling boat mm. not see any of them but notice an American cigarette packet floating down the river <laughs> yes, that's yes, just yes. been thrown away by um, uh, by one of them. I forget. I forget who. Uh, please forgive me. Um, but you know, just that that subtle, quiet thing of, of noticing that and then realizing that something is is up, uh, and then moving into this really swift brutal action you know Samo has a really great understanding of, of, of staging gun action mm. and there's a viciousness to it there's a viciousness to all of Samo's uh action actually you know the stabbing in the bum <laughs> for example yes 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 <laughs> um, that's very, that's definitely vicious <laughs> but throughout his filmography he definitely has like a harder hitting action style oh, yeah. than than Jackie uh than Jackie Chan ever did you know um and the the bullet hits almost feel like punches in this uh, in this yes. sequence i think that's how he's staging them like look at when godenzi shoots the guy in the water mm. so oh, yeah, casual. Yes. uh but it also has what i think is my favorite shot in the entire movie which is uh godenzi jumping out of the water into the camera lens and then to to kill a, a guy with a knife yes 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 and I thought there's a bit where kind of like they're both kind of underwater and Samuel flips like sort of a kind of bamboo sort of almost kind of a, a raft almost mm. and flips and she's at the bottom of it and it just jumps with two grenades and it's like that, I just think that's yeah. I think that's amazing I thought God. so straight she's away so shows cool. off it, I know <laughs> that it's, that, that's what I was like this woman I'm 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 in love already like <laughs> and it, it does kind of show you that, that they, straight away that she's ingratiated into the kind of the gang, so to speak, and I can definitely see why Sam was like, okay, this person, I'm all about this person. Uh, this person, I need to make them my wife because she's cool as fuck. Uh, and she, she's definitely she's cool badass. as fuck. I'm not going to Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think we can definitely say you and me have created endorses Joy Cadenzi. So, Joyce Cadenzi, if you listen to this podcast, you're cool as fuck. We both think you're cool as fuck. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's it's... 
no, that's definitely a big part of it is that there's there's not just I think sometimes Hong Kong movies maybe make maybe sort of early days made women a little bit less of a, a focal point, but this movie sort of puts them on level pegging, which I think that a lot of movies you know after this did as well that they made them you know just as badass you know um, which I think is really cool and Jessica Denzi definitely in her short career got to do some kind of cool things Angel Angel and Forces and one of my favorite she shoots streets I think we'll cover back in another podcast but yeah I think that she's pretty awesome and this is probably one one of my favorite scenes it's very it's very ramble hmm. it's sort of like the minute the minute anyone gets on a machine gun it just seems to have endless bullets. A bit like if you've ever ever watched, watched the, the the fourth Rambo movie, um, I think you kind of mentioned it when we shared notes that there was a, a Samuel moment kind of later on in the movie where it just kind of echoes that the same way. So I'm not sure. It does seem a bit like an obvious yeah, I thing, really... but sorry. And I'm just saying because it came it came out quite a, good, a good bit before that movie. Of course, that came out kind of sort of the mid two thousands. But yeah, it's like it's it's, it's that kind of. That, that trope of the machine gun it just it keeps going until it's not it's funny and then it stops being funny and then it gets back to being comical amount of bullets again and then it goes back to being like it kind of stops and um everybody's dead <laughs> the whole, yeah, whole building destroyed it doesn't work for me in rambo 2008 at all uh because it is too long and yes, it's too ridiculous too <laughs> sort of reveling in the the blood of it rather than yes um the efficiency is what uh, mm. the, it, that sequence is about in eastern condors mm-hmm. um and about clearing out for the objective whereas stallone and, and with the stallone sequence which i'm sure was at least somewhat inspired by eastern condors yeah um i i just think Ultimately, it's not very interesting because there's not enough other t- types of action for me in that movie to to memory. I've only, I've only seen it once, um, and so so much of the action is just him behind the machine gun going. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, so that's it, the most memorable part of it. I would say if you if, if if you said to me, tell me go specifically talk about one scene in that Rambo movie, then I would say that's a scene. Talk about. Um, you know, though I do like that movie and I do love, you know, the Rambo movies, maybe not the last one so much, because that seemed a bit like, a bit boring and a bit racist. I've <laughs> got some issues that. with Lost Blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wait, I think everybody had, I think even Stallone probably had at that point. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's it's, it's hard, to, hard to talk about that movie. And then when you look at this movie as well, and obviously the year after this movie comes out, you've got the kind of the very more the more bombastic Rambo movie part part three, where it's um, him versus the kind of the Russians and the Saudis, and it's 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 even more ridiculous. Um, but I think this is this is even this even did the the general getting kidnapped before this that film, which is quite interesting. I think I think it's sort of like oh, there's there's cause I kind of when I watch the scene with. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna completely Lam Cheng Yang. Um when he's gonna atta- attach the bed and the bed's all springs and stuff, and I went, Oh, that must be from Rambo. And then I went, Oh no, but actually this came out before that. So hmm. I wonder if that's maybe again a lot of like born from each other a little bit, maybe. 
I, I definitely think there's a lot of cross-pollination between this movie and other movies. Like, the scene to talk about with that is the um, POW camp. Yeah. And the Russian roulette scene. Mm, because it's yes. so nakedly inspired by the deer hunter. Of course, yeah, definitely. And yet, a few years later, along comes John Woo's bullet in the head, mm. which has a sequence that is is definitely, obviously, also inspired by the deer hunter, definitely takes some stuff from from this as well you know so i think there's a lot of like cross-pollination going on and of course mm. john woo had worked with sammo hung and jackie chan on the hand of death mm-hmm. you know so I'm, i wouldn't be at all shocked if he was taking some inspiration um and you know bullet in the head's a great movie in its own mm. right i'm not taking anything away from john woo by course, making that observation <laughs> at all um but yes yeah, it definitely and I think, you know, again, Samo's take on it is particularly vicious, mm. you know, by having kids being the ones who are, yeah. are, are playing Russian roulette with, you know, um, prisoners as props. It's notably messed up. <laughs> yeah. I think, it's, I think it's a bit less, maybe a bit less cerebral than, than The Deer Hunter because obviously you know, that's a bit more, that scene's a bit more intense and a, a lot more, um, Kind of brutal, but this this switching it to kids doing it and kids getting a sort of an enjoyment and a sick sort of pleasure and game making a game out of it is it's definitely he's definitely went when well I, I don't want to go you know there's a certain flair to this movie a certain direction I'm taking but I don't want to go too far into like doing a sort of pastiche of that 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 of the deer hunter but how can I make it how can I make it brutal but not not as mental as that. Oh, make it kids and make it like sort of a game they're playing, but it's, yeah, it's very, very bad, very, very brutal, and um, but it's it's no less you know impactful. I suppose it kind of stands out in the movie, and um, I think it's sort of again, Samuel kind of like going right. Well, and it's a sort of big cauldron of like of influences when it comes to these kind of Vietnam films, and I think maybe Deer Hunter, it's hard to make a Vietnam film without sort of referencing films that have come before that like deer hunter and apocalypse now and stuff like that and i guess he dealt with force and um and, and obviously and platoon because this shot on some of the same uh sets as well uh on, really? on some, some of the same locations even uh in the philippines um so you know there's there's obviously you know a lot going on there um it occurs to me that there's a major aspect of, of this that we haven't talked about or, or really two uh yun biao Yes, we we barely really addressed and Hang Noor, uh, Hang S Noor uh, as well, who, you know, now uh, with the advent of uh, Michelle Yeoh's uh, Oscar, mm-hmm. isn't the only but now the first uh, Academy Award winner in a Hong Kong martial arts film. Um, and I yeah, this was made after after the Oscar as well, so that that's interesting. Um. I I don't love that character. It's one of the few things I don't a hundred percent love about this movie, um, because it's where like, and they take it back late in the film in a way that doesn't really convince. Um, but like, Hong Kong movies of this era played a lot into stereotypes, um, particularly of like disabled uh, mm. characters and, mm. and things like that. Like I, I don't love heart of dragon, 
mm. because I, I think Samo doesn't get the nuance of, of the mentally disabled character there. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the same with Hying Noor's uh, character here. Um, but he's supposedly got some secret to some money or something that yeah. Biao is protecting him because of that. Uh, and it, it's all a bit strange and doesn't quite work. Um, but it's great to see an, an Oscar winner in a movie like this. You know, that's really interesting casting. I think it, it can add again sort of the, the sort of powerhouse kind of, um, casting that Sam had for this movie. Like, let's get all these kind of very, very prominent um, stars of, you know, of Hong Kong cinema into this movie. And, well, we're at it. Let's get like an let's get an Oscar winner in there as well for good measure. I think I think he is like a, is definitely a kind of it's a hard line to to cross and to to walk when you do some a kind of character like that. And I think at one point he actually, I think he kind of he says, "Oh, I've been acting the whole time, and it's not mm. like." But even at that, even at that point, you're like, still seems a bit ropey, a little bit too, but too over very eighties. Um, yeah. like very sort of um thinking and like like well we can do we can do this it's fine and um whereas if you think I think if you had a character like that these these days it would be a quite kind of poo pooed I think um but it's I think he's still great in the movie I think he's still oh it's um, not his interesting fault. no of course of course absolutely of course of course uh, but I think that you know in the the eyes of in twenty twenty three they would really need to have that um. In, in the movie, I don't really know, but um, I think if it had been absent, I don't think I'd really have missed. You know, where's where's the, the the mentally challenged person in this movie? You know, why do we why do we have that? I think it would be a bit more um, better giving it to, or just not having it at all, just not not it at all. Probably it would have been quite easy to kind of get on with the movie without having that. So. Sure. But yeah, I think so. I mean, gonna... I, I think it's also part of the comic relief, which I, I think I think there's mm -hmm. a bit more comic relief than than you al alluded to earlier, because you've got uh, the relationship as, as well between Yung Kuei and uh, Yung Wu Ping, um, which as the sort of you know tough guy chewing the cigarette and, and yeah. the grandpa figure. Um, who have really fun chemistry and a really nice sort of tension breaking scene just before the finale. Yeah, um, I, I really loved that scene, and I, I liked his line about you don't you've had that like the whole time and like you never smoked. And he's like, no, well, I'm just. I was like, he's like, I got it from my friend. He's like, oh, what did your friend die of? He's like, lung cancer. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that that what they have sort of a beautiful moment at the end with a sort of their. The first line of defense is the other, you know, Samo and the crew kind of go off to try and destroy the, the cache of weapons. They are kind of like waiting there to kind of stop uh, Yunwa and these kind of men coming through. And I think they just have sort of like a, a, quite a beautiful moment. Um, let's get talking about this guy and going up to heaven and like, I'm going to go to hell and stuff like that. I think that's really interesting. Also, that cigarette, <laughs> he come, he's been in the water, he's been for the whole jungle and the whole time. That's that cigarette seems to be as dry as a bone. <laughs> which I think is amazing. I think it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's tantamount to uh, the acting of that cigarette is amazing in this movie. So it's, it's very talented. It's, it's um, a, yes, it's a talented <laughs> cigarette. Prop work is is dynamite in this movie. So so um, but if we're getting into sort of the end of the film and the finale, we can 
I guess, talk about Yun Biao uh, a bit more because he, yes. he gets a real... I mean, he gets a good showcase throughout the film, both in his own role and in doubling for a lot of people. Mm. Um, Yun Biao is, is very famous for having doubled for a lot of people over the years. I mean, you know, if we're talking about famous doubling, you know, Yun Wah at the beginning of Enter the Dragon, of course. Mm. Yes. Um, but um, Yun Biao, uh, I think there's a moment in definitely The Prodigal Son, but probably quite a few other movies where he's essentially fighting himself because he's doubling his opponent at some points during the fights. <laughs> um, so it's great. And and he does a lot of uh, flips for, for people in this movie and things yes. like that. Uh, but also just in his own right, he's, I think this is him at the height of his powers as well. Like everyone is like at their very best here. Yeah. Like well, Samo's in the shape of his life. Um, Lam Ching Ying is is giving a, another really good dramatic performance. Doesn't have much martial arts to do, but mm. you know he's he's just he's a he's probably the best dramatic actor am, among them uh, a lot yeah. of the time. I oh, think. definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Yun Kuei and uh, Yun Wu Ping have some some really nice uh, chemistry and stuff. Gadenzi is is great, and and all of that, and like everyone is. Um, like acting wise and physically just in the shape of their lives mm. in, in this movie. I think that's what one of the things that makes it stand out. But I mean, Yumbia really gets to show that off in the uh, you know, final fight sequence in, in the silo. Well, definitely that, that fight is, fight is amazing. And Yunwa is like, I think I'd only known really Yunwa from, from Ranks Forever before. Um, mm. Which doesn't fight. A, I don't. I don't think it does. Yeah, I don't think he fights in that movie. Or maybe just a very, very short scene. But in this, it's sort of the giggling, sort of like he's got sort of a kind of a prince sort of laugh, uh, sort of a weird sort of giggle. <laughs> and like you, which I, I love the moment that Yun Biao yeah. mimics. That is one yeah, of the funniest I thought, I moments in the whole movie. Yeah, it's really funny. And I think the, the fight between the two. I mean, but I think he sort of assumes he's kind of not going to fight back, or he's not going to be great, and he just kind of. Put some full force. He's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm sort of quite worried that this guy isn't what I thought he was. And they have this big kind of sort of fight. And it's, it's, um, and then obviously Samo comes at the end, sort of thing, to kind of have, have this kind of big sort of battle as he puts a fan in his neck. And I think it's just, it's just a very, very kind of brutal and amazing fight scene. I remember, um, a lot of people talking about that being their, one of their, one of our favorite fight scenes when it comes to Hong Kong. It's, it's very, I think the set the set looks amazing. I think it's such a kind of cool set piece um, to kind of end your movie on. You know, they've got the missiles and the jeeps and um, yeah, lots, set, of, lots of chains and the set. My understanding is a bit of a Bond homage, a bit of a Ken. Yes, yeah, so it's very much like that. Yes, yes. Nod, um, and it's it's on two levels. And mm. you know, we we're talking about some of our favorite shots in the movie. I don't know if you particularly remember this one, but I I love it. There's a moment in the fight with Yun Biao and Yun Wa when I think it's Yun Biao gets kicked out of frame mm. and we see in the background Samo and Billy Chow yeah. uh, fighting on on the upper level and then it, that's the cut for the cue, uh, the cue for the cut mm. to uh, the continuation of that fight. And it's, again, just a beautiful piece of direction and editing. 
uh, and understanding of staging of action is like another just great example of how instinctively good Sam Hung is as a, as a filmmaker. Um, I, I love all of the fights in this sequence. Um, I want to talk just quickly again about um, Joyce Cadenzi and mm. Dick Way, um, because obviously she's fighting the guy there who trained her. And it yep. really shows because they're clearly very in sync. It's a great mm. fight. Oh, definitely, yes. And there's a brutality to it that, again, I think you only get in Samo's stuff. You know, mm. the moment when he stands on the stump of her severed hand is just, is is a moment you don't yeah, get yes, in a Jackie Chan movie again. Yeah, you know? yes, 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 definitely. Um, but I just, like you were saying at the beginning, I loved it, Why? I, I think he's amazing mm. and, like, he, his presence is enough for me, you know, even if he's only turning up for like a third act fight, like he does in like Police Story, Project A, uh, mm. Yes, Madam. And, and there's even one at the end of this romantic caper comedy that Samo and Maggie Chung were in called Paper Marriage. Mm -hmm. and, and he turns up at the end and has a fight with Samo. <laughs> and it's just great. He's just a mark of quality. Um, you know, and yeah. I think when you see, I think when you see Dick Wai, you know that you're in for a, a very, very, very good in the boss fight. It's, it's, he's definitely a something very recognisable. So the minute you see him, you're like, right, okay, well, we're going to have this amazing fight now. So let's let's get to it. So yeah, he's he's one kind of one of my favourites now, and things he's popping up, and I just think, right, well, it's a kind of a seal of approval that he's done a lot of work. You know, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera, and and the fight with Joyce Cadenzi. Which we didn't we didn't mention obviously Sam will completely cut us off his future wife's hand at one point. Very, very brutally. Just like, oh, you've got a gun to my head, no, I've just chopped your hand with the biggest machete I think I've I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um that's that was kind of brutal. And then I think a lot of times she's like the makeup work as well is that she looks completely like she looks like a corpse at one point. She's like so grey and like pasty and she's trying to fight Dick Way. Um I think it's just amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's really interesting. And I think that. Um... And, and talking of like signature styles and recognizable styles, there is nothing except his, his stuff in Dragons Forever, where he basically does this again, mm. like what Yun Wah does in this movie. Yeah. Like the movement is so interesting. The costume seems to restrict him to a certain degree. Mm. Like it's yes, built yes. weirdly. Um, like it seems to like restrict his arms somewhat, and then he just goes off in this sort of robotic, uh, staccato movement. Um, there's some undercranking for sure, but <laughs> the speed of it, and particularly when he goes into that split, um, yeah, it's just unbelievable. I can't think, as I say, other than other stuff that he's done of any other fight that looks like that in a movie. Yeah. I think that, again, that's, that's, that's down to Samo. It's down to, you know, the, the stunt work. It's down to the kind of choreography. Um, I think the, the, you've just, when you've got, again, when you've got such a high caliber of people working on the one movie, you're taking everybody's ideas and they're just going to make this, this kind of epic movie because they've got such a wealth of talent they can work with and, We've got a good director. They've got a good director that can they can do this these sort of scenes and can do choreography. But you've also got other directors acting as well. So you've got all this this kind of 
big sort of melting pot of, of people to to pull from that can work kind of work sort of collaborate and make a an amazing movie. So when you come down to scenes like this, it's, you know that you're gonna get a high caliber end, you know, end fight basically because I think it's of also you know, down to a level of comfort. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they trust each other impressively in this film. Well and these these people have been working together since they were like seven or eight years old, literally. And yes, <laughs> you know, that's some of Yun Biao, Yun Hua and Yun Kuei were all part of the Seven Little Fortunes. Um, so they've all been working together since they were literally tiny children. Mm-hmm. Um, they know each other's movements as well as they, they know their own, uh, essentially, at this point. So they know exactly what each other can do. Um, they know exactly how to stage it for that person to be safe is probably an overestimation Mm. (laughs) but you know um because there's quite a lot of full contact fights in this movie yes there is definitely yes 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 um but yeah i think that's something that we will never ever see again it just doesn't exist anymore in the same way people don't grow up like that and then go into the movies in in the same way um and you're never going to get the same understanding of each other's innate knowledge of how somebody moves and what they can do with three months of you know you know a hollywood movie probably more like three weeks of pre-training and uh, you know rehearsing the stunt sequences as much as I love stunts in Hollywood movies. I love fights in Hollywood movies. There needs to be an Oscar for stunt people, you know, all of that. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's not going to be the same. And it's because, you know, as messed up as some of the aspects of their childhood were, it drilled this into them in a way that will never be replicated. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. I definitely think that there needs to be a bit more, um, we love a bit more appreciation of stunt work and sometimes we do get that a little bit more and um, I'm not just talking about Tom Cruise <laughs> I'm talking about all the guys in the background that you know that help these things and I think there's the sort of a more of a folks maybe in kind of in martial arts cinema that we, we're getting a little bit more about that a little bit more appreciation with that so hopefully that's something that we that the Oscars can recognise and award shows are recognise a little bit more I'm sure there's awards for stunts but um we need a bit more <clears throat> focus on that especially from my point of view anyway so what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to a couple of segments we're going to go on to the big five so big five is obviously focused on the five big biggest names in action cinema in the 80s and 90s so and we talk a little bit about where they are and their careers at that point so first of all we've got arnold schwarzenegger um he had a great great career this time in, in 1987 uh, Predator, or actually his, his biggest and most famous film, and also former, former episodes, um, The Running Man. Uh, we've got Stallone in his lovely arm wrestling film, Over the Top, um, a cheesy, cheesy classic. Uh, unfortunately, no Jean-Claude Van Damme and no Seagal. Uh, they both took years off from doing anything. I don't think Seagal really burst on the scene until uh, for just, you know, for just a story. Um, Nico, which is obviously comes out in 1988, mm-hmm. and Jackie, which we're going to go into in a little bit 
but more detail about Project A Part 2, which actually clashed. And you actually pointed this out to me that it actually clashed with um, Eastern Condors. And so there was no Samo, no Yun Biao kind of coming back in this one because they famously in Project A along with Jackie, but they just couldn't, obviously couldn't be in this one with, with them, which is a um yeah have you, have you seen say, have you seen project a? do you think the you're kind of missed from that film yes but i don't miss jackie from this one yeah <laughs> okay um, yeah definitely yeah yeah like i i love jackie chan jackie chan is one of my favorite uh people in all of cinema he inarguably changed the face of cinema like action cinema mm. is not the same if jackie chan doesn't exist like, just Agreed. you can't argue that it's like the Beatles and pop music, um, and you know he's my most watched actor on Letterboxd. I've seen like well over sixty of his movies, so you know, big fan. He doesn't belong in this film. No. Uh, he he can do slightly harder edge stuff. Um, he's got more of a, a of a serious bent as time has gone on you know you've had i i think he he gives a really decent serious performance in the karate kid um yeah and yeah we can talk about the foreigner i know a lot mm. of people like it more than me um but at this time he just didn't have the seriousness of this movie and the yeah though samo always gave him a harder edge the viciousness of this movie in his toolkit, so I'm kind of glad he's not in it. Yeah, I would. I don't think he's 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 there's not an absence here of of Jackie Chan in this movie. I think it would just be overshadowing it a little bit if we put him in the movie. I think that it's a stronger movie with who we have and Samo and the sort of the lead. I don't if I kind of if you to recast. Samuel, just the director, or you know, kind of setting the sort of command and be Jackie, this the main character in this. I don't think he would have the sort of gravitas or sort of coolness that. Though, though I think Jackie Chan is one of the coolest guys in that era. You know, when it comes to Hong Kong cinema, I don't think he would really have adapted as well. I don't. I just couldn't imagine him in that sort of character. Mm. It would just be. It would just be too. I mean, it's not till mm, Crime know. Story in like '93 that he does something more, you know, along yep. these sorts of lines, you know, um, more really darker and more serious. Yeah, I think I think you kind of touched on it yourself. I don't think that you've really missed in this movie. And I think that, like I say, I don't think that if he was in this movie, it would be better. I wouldn't say it would be worse. I would just think I think it would just be oh, there's Jackie Chan along with what he's up. All his other greats. Um, I think he just he's happy doing his own thing. I'm sure, and he's happy to be, you know, making his movie and getting to kind of do his thing. So yeah, I'm quite happy that they kind of that went their separate ways and kind of came back later on for other movies together. So yeah, I definitely think that's. And yeah, look, Project A Part Two is a great movie. Yeah, it has one yeah, of my of favorite um, stunts in it. The the replication of the Buster Keaton stunt from One Week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, is just brilliant. Um, and the the Chaplin, no, that's the first film, the Chaplin novel with the bike. Uh, sorry, um, I love the first <laughs> movie as well, but sometimes got them got them a little crossed there. 
Uh, nice but yeah, Project Apart is just a great movie, Absolutely. but it does miss Yun Biao and uh, and Sam Hung uh, somewhat. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So we're gonna now we're gonna take a little trip into the trivia zone. As we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier on about Sam obviously being in the shape of his life, he actually hired a personal trainer for this this movie. Um, so could, could, as you spoke about before as well, they could do a bit more of the acrobatics. Uh, we see all without this film. Um, you obviously talked about him having chicken and rice mostly for he's done. They actually gave up soy sauce for this film, uh, which is which is an interesting little bit of trivia. But um, so and it's, I, I didn't think how that would how much that would impact you, but it seems like a great, great amount, I imagine. Um, obviously, we talk about Samo and meeting Joyce Cadenzi in this movie. Um, they're still together today, I believe. Mm. I, I, yes. If I'm completely right, yeah. So it's an amazing, amazing pairing. I wish they did, but maybe worked a bit more together. Um, we obviously spoke again, but about Joyce Cadenzi, she had quite a short career, and it's very kind of common for once you know a kind of female lead marries, you know, more somebody more prominent, or they yeah, can, they kind of give up their careers, which is which is a great shame because I think they show has such a great showing in this movie together. They have such great chemistry. I think it would have been cool to see a lot more of them, but um, still have you. I think the only thing that we didn't mention about uh, Joyce Cadenzi is that she was a Miss Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, well. And I believe, don't quote me exactly on this, but I, I think she won the year after Maggie Chung. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And yeah. there's a lot of trivia from the guests. That's good. I always like a bit of trivia. Trivia uh, zone. <laughs> the the other bit I've got is um, the Lee Farrow sequence. I've got to say, I've got to credit um, Frank Jeng and yeah. his commentary for a lot of this. Um, Frank Jeng's stuff is is always great. Oh, he's he's on most of the eighty eight releases. He's on most of the Eureka releases. Dude talks at hundred miles a minute, so I don't always get it all. But <laughs> yeah, you know, um, if Frank ever hears this, I'm sorry, I'm nicking your stuff, um, but it's really really interesting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Of course, yeah. Oh, we all love we stand Frank Jen on this podcast, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, he mentions that the the leaf arrow sequence, which we didn't really talk about. Yeah, um, which, is, which I thought was really. I, I almost like when I watched, it, I was like, "Can you actually do that?" That's very, very like. Well, this is what the trivia is. There we go. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Go for it. Apparently, this is something that Samo saw a young kid doing around the set. And he, wow. he asked him to teach him how to do it and then added it into that uh, already existing sequence. That's amazing. That's it's so like, because it's so, such a strange thing to do, but it's, it's very brutal because it goes straight through these guys' necks. That, I suspect, is not entirely accurate. No, no, no. I, I imagine that's not, that's not, I imagine it just it hurts quite a bit, but I would imagine it is, it's fatal. Um, I would hope not if that's how we kids doing it. But that's yeah. That's, that I always find, I did find that very strange and I, I, very cool, but very like, where did they get the idea from? Is that is that like a an actual thing? I wanted to. So that I thank I thank you very much for bringing that to the trivia one. I guess I, I guess the it. other one to mention as well, and also as, as a warning to to people, is that there is an animal killing in this film. Uh, Yun Biao. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, a, yes. A snake at one point. And this is the first time in in any British release that that set uh, that that shot has actually been in the film. It was mm. uh, edited out 
uh, for an 18 certificate in in the past. Um, but it is, you know, on, on the Blu-ray, it is fully uncut. So, I yeah. mean, if if you are super sensitive about that, and, and you know, I, I get it, um, then the Hong Kong Legends DVD has uh, a, a cut of the film that has that removed but is otherwise intact. Yeah, and it's, and it's very funny to throw away. It's, it's not like it's, you know, like say for, say for something like Hard Target where it's like it pays off. You know, there's a reason, reason why, he's, why he's grabbed that snake. It's, it's sort of, he's sort of like having a kind of monologuing and kind of pulling it into bits. It seems a bit strange. It's, it doesn't seem like very like, there's no sort of point to it other than him sort of throwing the head at someone at one point in sort of anger. There's no sort of, so it could have really, it seemed a bit unnecessary. Now, when I've when I seen it, it's a bit like, yeah, you know, if you, if say, you compare though, it to something also... like, you know, Cannibal Holocaust, where it's like, there's, there's you know, something sort of kind of graphic, but it's kind of graphic, you know, real, her turtle being killed, but there's so, there's a narrative to it. Whereas mm. this is just like, he just kind of picks a, picks a snake up and he sort of pulls it to bits and then throws it away. And it's a bit strange. It doesn't seem to be like a point to it. I, I, I agree with that. It's also, though, not super graphic in the way that there's no close-up of it or anything no. like that. So, I mean, it's it's a nasty sequence. I would be perfectly mm. fine with it not being in okay. the film. I would probably I agree. prefer I agree. it. Um, but, you know, it is in there in the Blu-ray cut if yeah. that's something you want to avoid. So I think we also something you'd also brought to my attention was obviously, and it's a kind of big part of trivia is obviously that there's a, actually a longer cut this movie mm. uh, where it kind of goes a little bit more about the backstory of the convicts. Um, so actually some fight scenes out there, but kind of maybe a basketball scene I think as well. At one point, um, do you think that we can have a couple of question about that? Do you think they would have benefited from more footage about the convicts, a little bit more of a backstory about about the Condors before, or do you think it's left a bit more? to the story kind of unfolding as it goes along? Uh, to be clear, I don't think that cut was ever shown. Okay. You know, th those shots exist in the trailer, but mm. I, I think it was just Samo's original cut. Oh, yeah. Um, and then it was was reduced. Um, and and this, to all intents and purposes, appears to be the, the extant cut with, that he's happy with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it would benefit in any way, shape, or form from another twenty minutes. Um, if if anything, I think it would hurt the pacing in the way that we were talking about the the fact that the the Dirty Dozen for me is uh, rather slowly paced. Um, the the great strength of this film is that it moves with such such efficiency. It's ninety eight mm. minutes versus a. 148 for the dirty dozen and there is just yeah. no fat but yeah. we do still get a good sense of the characters and i i just can't imagine that adding 20 minutes would do anything except the dilute it you know yeah agreed and then there's, as you said there's not a lot of fat on it quite like quite like samo in this movie <laughs> indeed i needed to make that i needed to make that joke i'm sorry it just has to, it's it's uh it was it was low-hanging fruit uh <laughs> so i'm just going to go a little bit into kind of final thoughts so what would you would you recommend this movie uh, to someone who is maybe you know, a new fan of Hong Kong movies or Samo Hung and wanted to make them more, more aware of that? Yes, there's Jackie, but there's also Samo who is equally on the pedestal when it comes to Hong Kong legends. 
Oh, I don't know, man. I feel like I've been fairly ambivalent about it. <laughs> no, of course I recommend <laughs> it. It's great. <laughs> It's one of the best action movies ever made. I'm like, you know, yeah, no, no kidding. It's, um, if, if the prodigal son is Sammo Hung's masterpiece as a classical martial arts film, and it is, uh, then this is his masterpiece of modern martial arts cinema. Um, it, it's for me, it's essentially peerless in, in its category. So yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So I, 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 again, I've got to echo yourself. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be one of my favorite Samuel Samuel performances. Um, I, it's, it's, it's cool when I get to see films that I haven't touched on yet with, with guys that I, I do love. Um, like Samuel, I've got a lot of respect for Samuel. You know, both the Hong Kong movies to Martial Law. You know, I loved that when I was a teenager. I thought it was an amazing TV show. Um. Even if it was a bit like Baywatch, it was quite quite interesting and quite fun. Um, and I got to see Sam kicking ass as usual. But so, but yeah. So where can the creeps find you? There's a little bit about your podcast and your well, writing, if you can. Yeah, if if you want to see me writing quite often, actually about martial arts films, um, then you can check out Hey You Guys. I do a lot of uh, Blu-ray reviews over there, a lot for the classical martial art, the classic martial arts and action films that Eureka are releasing. Uh, but I'm also, you know, covering all all genres as well, um, and I do like occasional new release stuff too. Um, and I also have a podcast that, to be fair, discusses different movies to this one. Okay, <laughs> um, which is a show about my favorite actress uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, which I uh, co-host with a friend of mine, Jason Sean, um, and that that show is called Fearless Pretender. Um, at the moment, you can find us on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Casts. We're adding more platforms. Hopefully, we'll be on Apple Podcasts by the time this goes out. But okay. we're having some interesting times trying to get that to happen oh yes yes um but if you're you're interested in that um or or in my stuff you can look me up on twitter at 24 fps uk um or you can check out fearless pretender at jjl podcast lovely so thank you very much sam for coming on the podcast and hopefully we'll see you again for another hong kong classic perhaps uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. I would love to come back and talk about Hong Kong movies or maybe some different action stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'd be glad to have you back. So, thank you very much. So that was our episode with Sam talking about Eastern Condors. It's definitely a new favourite of mine, for sure. Uh, just so you say thanks again to Sam for coming on and chatting about some Samuel Hung action with me. And next episode, we are talking Commando with Creepy and Geeky's Robert Clark. Special thanks to Petros for producing the podcast, as usual. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram on Your MC Podcast. You can email the show on yourmovecreeppodcast at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, share, and I'll see you in the next one, Creeps. Mm-hmm.